Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, I I was sent something I thought was kind of humorous yesterday. Uh, It was a travel advisory of places to go and things to see and do over the next two weeks. And it was a floor plan of a two-bedroom house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So those of you that are home, thank you for tuning in to Rosie on the House. And let's see what we can't do to get that house in absolute tip-top shape while you've got the time and the extra set of hands laying around the house to get something done. You can reach us by dialing one 767 as Bill and Mary have. And, uh, Romy, why don't we start the show by taking a call? Let's see, what, let's see how we can help Bill. Good morning, Bill. Oh, that was quick. Hey. Uh, yeah, how are you? Good. Uh, I've, I've uh, made a couple of calls when I was uh, 25 years in um, Mesa, and uh, now I'm making a call from a beautiful, sunny, but 28-degree um, Wichita. Um, I'm looking to uh, uh, get a, a beautiful old uh, bungalow uh, that was made in, um, built in two, uh, 1915. Okay. And uh, I've got some other questions, but the main question is if it has lead paint, um, what to paint over it? I said something about it, um, encapsulate, yeah. an encapsulate, uh-huh. whatever. Yeah. And if, if wallpaper helps or if there's lead, can okay. I paint over it? Uh, I know you need somebody in there with hazmat to um, strip it, uh, especially the woodwork. Oh, my goodness, the woodwork. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, original wood clapboard. Oh, man. Um, it's got the, on the uh, corners where the clapboards meet at the 40, uh, 90 degree. Yeah. It's got um, some sort of metal uh, decorative cover to it, but it's all painted over. But with what? Okay. So uh, w- what are your recommendations for lead paint? So, so, Bill, you're a Mesa resident that listens to the show, but you're buying a house in Kansas? I think he's already there. Yeah. Oh, he's you've moved well, to Kansas. When I when I, I had to get out from under, there was medical things and uh, physical and physical things. Okay. Well, so, here's um, now. Will you will you uh, do this work yourself, or will you be hiring contractors to do the work for you in um, Wichita? If I can encapsulate, yeah, you know, I painted many a room and. Uh, Spray painted my house in Mesa a couple times. Okay. I uh, did the brim, but uh, taking it off, um, uh, you know, with a heat gun or stripper, I don't think I'd want to do that. No, no, I wouldn't recommend you doing anything to take the lead off. Um, you know, in the old days when we had lead in paint, lead had a lot more body to it. Uh, it was just thicker. And when you would paint with lead paint, and in the course of the house just being lived in, it would chip and flake. And that's when it started becoming a problem. Once it started chipping and flaking, it became a problem. And before we knew it was much of a serious health hazard, we would take uh, 60 
and 80 and 200 grit sandpaper in stages, and we would sand the chip smooth and almost create like what you do when you're doing auto repair, body repair, uh, fill it with uh, a Bondo product, and then again sand it, and then hit it with paint, and you could literally make the chip invisible. You can overpaint your lead and consider it safe. What's dangerous about lead paint is the demolition, the taking apart of it, where it's chipping and flaking. That's when you're going to want a professional in and get that taken care of. If you're just going over it, just get into a professional paint store. Uh, you, they actually have lead test kits. You can you can actually verify if it was built in 1915 and its original woodwork. The probability of having lead is about 100%. Uh, so take take pictures of what you want to do. Get into a professional paint store and have them talk you through the steps. But yes, it can safely be encapsulated. The danger is in the demolition, the chipping, and you'd never want to sand it and don't heat gun it. Okay? One there triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. Mary's next on the line. Welcome to the program. How Hello? may we help you? Yes, I was. I had a question about the uh, uh, add-on to the refrigeration unit, a solar unit that would help uh, be more cost-effective uh, for the person who's using the, the refrigeration units. And uh, you had an individual uh, from Tucson talking about it a long time ago, and I was just wondering, I wanted to uh, bring that issue up with your uh, current uh, this uh, person that's talking. This is a this is a very astute listener. This was a topic we covered a year ago. Yeah, and and it is incredible technology. And it's not right for everyone. It, it takes some time to uh, run the numbers, see if the investment's worth it. But when Andrew from an, and it is a Tucson-based company that's doing the install. It's intelligent design. And last hour we had Rias on talking about air scrubbers. All of our air conditioning partners have air scrubbers. You can, you know, for people in Tucson, obviously the deal and the cost is different. That was a special promotion they're running, but they have air scrubbers as well. What Mary's asking about is something that Andrew also offers, and it's it's called a SunTrack. And when he called me, he said, hey, I've got this new solar technology that helps, that works on your air conditioning unit. My thought was, okay, so this guy's got a solar power, a solar panel. And he's plugged in a battery on your rooftop. It charges the battery. The battery, you know, helps start the compressor. And, you know, so you're using less electricity starting the compressor is what my mind immediately went to. Well, it's a lot more advanced than that. It actually, it is a solar panel and it reduces the amount of energy requirement for the compressor, but it's done a much different way by working with, the it, it, it's tapped into your refrigeration line. You know you've got the the freon that's in the uh, in the system, and it works by heating up what's inside the unit. And we'll have to get the exact date of that broadcast. Um, but 
just because it will save you money doesn't mean you'll get a return on it depending on how much air conditioning you use. You know, if you're saving, if, if they can save you 35%, but your high energy bill in the summer is only $200, <laughs> your, your, your payoff for this investment will never happen during the life of your air conditioning unit. You know, if we're saving 30% off of a $500 energy bill high, well, now we're talking some some savings. So what you'll need to do is you'll need to call them. You'll need to have your energy bills ready, your high summer bills ready, the age of your air conditioning unit. You know, it, it can't necessarily, unlike the air scrubber, where it won't affect your unit, this could affect your unit. If we're trying to put this on an older unit that's 15, 20 years old, it might be too old to, to adapt this and equipment and be efficient. And some manufacturers were actually threatening to void the warranty if it was applied. But several manufacturers looked at it and said, no. You, on, on a new unit. You can put it on and we'll, we'll back up the warranty. No, it's, it was it's incredible a, technology. It's a newer technology. It's something that you know we're going to see a lot of uh, developments and enhancements to it. And, but I really believe that in 30 years, you know, it, it's going to be the standard on, on a lot of equipment. Go to rosieonthehouse.com. Actually, I can help you with that. The podcast on that particular subject there was June 22nd of last year. There you go. And it was called The Sun Track. It was pretty amazing technology. Even I was blown away by it. There you go, Mary. Go to rosieonthehouse.com. June. Find the podcast for June 22nd. And Uh, you do that by mousing over Homeowner Resources. The second option down will be Radio Podcast. And then you'll just scroll your mouse back to June 2nd, 2019. And then once you're on that one, um, it says air conditioning with solar energy. Scroll down to the 10 o'clock hour. Our, and it was actually that broadcast that made us reverse hours. We used to do that's the, right. The, that's right. Yeah. The what we call this hour, our open home hour, our caller driven hour. We used to do that at nine and then have our expert in at 10. Well, we had so many people calling, but we had to get out of the station for the next live program to come back for us. We had to clear the lines and we couldn't take any calls. So we said, well, we need to switch these hours. So when we have somebody and that generates this huge demand of callers, they can stay and answer and talk to homeowners in real time. It was that broadcast that made us reverse the order hour of our program. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So again, if uh, if she's listening, go to our podcast page, the June twenty second, nine twenty nineteen last year. Uh, you'll get a chance to listen to that uh, Sun Track interview. So, we appreciate the call and give them a call. See if if that system is right for you. But again, it we're currently it it is limited limited, and Andrew will even say uh, only about half the people that we talk to really are will see value savings with okay. this technology. Now that's today. As technology enhances, as this becomes designed into the manufacturer's process, I see that it coming back into, you know, trains engineering, Linux's engineering, York's engineering, Goodman's engineering. You'll see this roll out a lot more in the future. It it basically let the compressor operate at about half force of what it would normally need to operate at. 
And that's your expense and, that's, and air conditioning is operating the compressor. Yeah, exactly. You know what else is disappearing from the supermarket shelves? Toilet, Toilet paper. <laughs> ha ha ha, you can laugh now. <laughs> there is an acute shortage of, of toilet paper in the good old United States. We've got to quit writing on it. <laughs> but I want to tell you, it is serious. I just saw a commercial where... <laughs> I know it's coming. Uh, where Mrs. Olson comes in with a shopping bag and the housewife says, forget the coffee, just give me the shopping bag. <laughs> I want to tell you... That's, that's when shopping bags were made out of paper. Yeah. It's not so funny when it's plastic. <laughs> That was 1973. Uh, I, uh, and all my curious nature with the toilet paper, I'm like, you know what? How do they even make toilet paper? And there's a, a website, Toilet Paper History, that... Uh, riveting. It, riveting. Riveting. Yeah, they used it, rivets when they made them. Too. <laughs> <laughs> no, Northern Tissue in 1939 advertised the first ever splinter-free <laughs> toilet paper. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> oh, oh, my back end's hurting. <laughs> and, and on that website, it said there was a toilet paper shortage in 1973 as a result of this Johnny Carson joke that spurred a, a massive buy-up and shortage of toilet paper as a result of <laughs> So it's of not the joke. first time, folks. <laughs> I've never so, seen little ladies run like they do for toilet paper right now. <laughs> so it... And it made me look around, okay, so how, how is it manufactured? And I found a do-it-yourself uh, direction on how to make your own toilet paper. You'll need a large pot, sheets of newspaper, or a half-pound stack of uh, just copy paper, five-gallon bucket water, leaves and grass, baby oil, metal, metal spoon, two bath towels, rolling pin, wooden board, and scissors, and a the ability to heat it. So when you say five-gallon bucket, not a plastic one because you've got to be able to heat it. But we'll, we'll post that that link in the archive page for reference. I won't go through the entire. Well, with that much steps. work, you'd be more you'd use it more sparingly, wouldn't you? This this could really this could really seriously start a resurgence of newspaper subscriptions. That's what I was thinking too. You know, this could save the newspaper industry. You know what else it could do? Every time you go to the restroom, it's a headline. Uh, I'm old enough to have relatives in South Louisiana that were using latrines, and they were all stacked with Sears catalogs and newspapers. And the uh, it wasn't for reading. That would be outhouse back then. Yeah, that'd be outhouse back there by the bayou. And we talked to we talked about Andrew and, and, and our, our Tucson air conditioning partner. He also offers plumbing, and he just uh, we were talking this week, and he's like, "Yeah, let's on plumbing. Let's focus on bidets because that's becoming extremely popular." And as gross as this subject is, um, I do want to address uh, uh, the bidets because you know we're always so water conscious and water is obviously key and critical, but uh, it brings up the conversation. I'm is, not getting in on this. You're, that, on, you're on this one all by yourself. <laughs> you're on an buddy. island all by yourself. Is a bidet responsible for desert use? Well, if you live where on in an area where your sewer, your drain lines are tied back into the city, it's a, a great thing to do. 
how much water does it take to grow those trees to make those uh, to make it? Then you've got the the shipping, you've got the plastic manufacturing for the containers, you've got you know these trucks semis full of toilet paper driving all over. Our cities in Arizona reclaim that water. That's what powers uh, the Palo Verde nuclear power plant that generates electricity for uh, seven seven states across the southwest use energy that comes from Palo Verde. All of that water that goes back into our drain is reclaimed. And this is really sick if you want to... If you Thanks want to see the, the, the picture, I can't wait. I just well, can't wait. If you want to see the picture, you can I thought, go I, I thought on we social were, media. I thought we were going to end this conversation. It's splinter free. Yeah, no, me too. <laughs> and look at what municipalities are posting that they're pulling out of the sewer that people are flushing down. Oh, um, Kleenex and paper towels and things that really aren't designed to go in the sewer. The amount of money it costs mm. us to purify. And, and make that water clean and return it into, uh, you know, our water energy or back into the rivers and lakes. It would be, it would save us money through the municipalities to not put any paper products into our system to begin with. So it could, if somebody's telling you it's not a smart thing to put a bidet in the desert, well, if you're on city water system that's going back to the treatment facility, it's the best thing you could do for the water system and for our infrastructure. And and you can get bidet attachments to your current toilet. If you have an elongated toilet, you can get an attachment. The lowest I've seen price for them is 30 bucks. They're very easy to install. I'm thinking about it. I really am thinking about doing it myself. So if you're in my circle of friends and humor, <laughs> you may have seen the picture of some the redneck retrofit. Uh-uh. Of a, a handheld weed sprayer and the pump right out of the toilet. <laughs> or, or the oh. chair with the seat oh. cut out over the top of a lawn sprinkler. What do you guys do on this? To- this show's going down the drain really fast. Oh. Th- that, that could bring back clothes liners for your privacy. You know, dry your clothes. And in the center of that, have your outdoor bidet. If there's one time we needed a hard break is now. (laughs) Is it okay with everybody that we get off the bidet now? If you're done, yeah, sure. Onward, onward. (laughs) Upward. What is it with boys and potty talk? I don't, I don't know. know. I have to I, rescue everybody. I don't know. Hey, you, I, <clears throat> I just happened to reach out to Susan Junker, my friend at St. Vincent de Paul this week, and um, just see how they're doing. You know, they got their hands full. They always do, but even more so now. Oh, boy. And she just thanked us, and I asked what if anybody was interested in helping what they could do. And she said, you know, with all the restrictions, probably um, a financial donation is the best. Um so that's, if you're thinking you'd like to help in some way, you know, a lot of the families now, people are, the working poor are now really out of work. And so it'll get, things will get even harder. But didn't you hear something last night about volunteering as well? Like, um, on the, yeah, on Governor, this? Governor Ducey, uh, kind of in the press conference yesterday, kind of excluded volunteerism from his 10 people or fewer. He said, look, the, 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 
the government employees or public servants, they're going to be there. If you've got the time and the inclination, we'll, we've got room for you. We need the volunteers. And General McGuire from uh, National Guard, uh, I thought he was great in the interview. We've had him here on our show before, and he was great here, and he was really great in the interview. He said, look, we got 8,000 citizen soldiers getting ready to go to work, doing nothing but delivering the last mile. We've got the trucks. We've got the logistics. We've got the facilities. We got what it takes to get you all what you need, and we're going to be there for you. I just thought that was awesome. Hey, Ron's been waiting very patient with a question about his home. Let's get to it. Mr. Ron, thank you, and thank you for being so patient while we covered everything we covered. How can we help you? How can we help you, my friend? Okay. Uh, the house I live in is 18 years old, and it came with a patio that was 10 by 10, uh, divided up into four squares, and the concrete is gray. I'm noticing towards the outermost edge and uh, towards the inside that it's pitting, that it's like losing the top layer, and then there's some white. I don't know if it's a powder. I tried sweeping it away. I got some more afterwards on top of that. Okay. Uh, how do I get rid of it without building a new patio? Okay. Ron, where are you? Just... I'm in surprise. Okay. That white powder is salt. Most of the granules we use to make concrete in the Valley of the Sun comes from the Salt River bed. And the Salt River is called the Salt River because there are huge salt reservoirs on the White Mountain Apache Indian tribe, the source of the Salt River. So we call that, Ron, efflorescence. It's the salt. When the concrete gets wet, it wicks the salt to the surface. And as the moisture evaporates, the salt is left. You can knock that out with just a dilution of vinegar and water, and it'll, it'll be knocked out. You won't eliminate it because the moisture will do it again and again and again. As far as the surface delamination, uh, there isn't a lot we're going to be able to do about that. In a 10 by 10 patio, we're not talking about a really big area, you might consider just doing an overlay paver. Leave the concrete there and just do an overlay paver over the top of it. The concrete's not going anywhere. It's structurally safe. It's just not pretty. Do an overlay paver right over the top of it. It'll be very, very handsome and look very, very good. And for all the reasons you're calling today, are the reasons we're just not pouring very much concrete outside of a house anymore. We pour very few driveways, very few sidewalks, and very few patios in concrete. They're all done in pavers. So that would be my advice. Consider contacting one of the Rosie Certified Landscapers on the west side, uh, Sunburst Landscaping, uh, Think Green Irrigation uh, and Landscaping. And have them come out and take a look about what would it take just to cover that little bitty area with overlay pavers from Bellgard. You're going to thank me for that. Got an email from Kathy yesterday in Tucson wanting to know what our opinion of waterline insurance is. Some uh, some cities endorse it, and 
basically, you know, you, you pay a monthly insurance. Yeah. So when the sewer line ever goes out, you're responsible for everything up to uh, your curb. And when that drain line goes out, that is an expensive replacement. There are. Is this the water supply insurance or the waistline insurance? Because they have both. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Okay. I don't think it's specified. But it's basically from where it taps into the city, where from your mm-hmm. water meter to the water manifold for the supply side, and from the edge of your footing to the sewer tap. Uh, those are all your responsibility. And this company, I think is New Jersey, the guy was absolutely a genius. He's insuring them for like $3 a month a piece. 300 million people in America, that's 140 homes. If he gets 1% participation, he's a billionaire. Yeah. Um, I have discouraged people from taking those policies out. But ironically, the folks at New Flow are making a very good living relining a lot of those pipes now in Phoenix that are 50, and, 60, approaching the end of their yeah. and, economic And she life. was in Tucson, and they have a Tucson office as well. Yeah. So you can, you can line, epoxy coat the inside of your supply or drain line and extend the life of it another... 50 years. Yeah. So at that point, I, you know, I, I would... I would much more go a preventative maintenance route like that than add one more insurance coverage to... I know our good friend Clay Jansen at Focus probably really furrows his eyebrow when he hears us talking about this, but we are not big insurance people. We feel we believe in savings account and regular maintenance. <laughs> and, and, and he Clay, does too. Clay, yeah. He does too. That's why, that's why he writes all our insurance. So there's a, a option for you to look into, and I would encourage you to do that uh, before you did anything else. New Flow, you can find them in the plumbing category at Rosie on the house, and they line supply and waste lines with epoxy. And, you know, we don't know how long epoxy will last. Rosie said 50 years. It could be twice that. I think they it state. It could be three I, times that. I think they state twice that. I think they state 100 years. Yeah, it, it, it'll last a long time. But Rosie Remodeling had a customer in in Scottsdale Ranch, which isn't that old, uh, whose lines are deteriorated to the point he's going to have to replace them. Uh, we sent Newflow out there to take a look at them, and we're supposed to get the analysis next week. So, Frank sent us an email as well with a nice picture of this exterior wood support beam on his patio that had some damage done to it. And I know it's a popular look to have exposed wood, but anyone that has exposed wood knows what the sun will do and water and weather does to it, and it becomes an expensive maintenance item. If you have exposed wood, whether it's Vega tails, whether it's a wood header, whether it's a support column on a patio, the first thing I would do, or if you have a, a metal one and you want the wood look, call, uh, and, and we've got them in a couple categories because it's such a unique service that people don't even know to ask for it. <laughs> but if you go to Vega Tales, 
and like I said, it, it, and he works statewide, but Steve Miller, and he makes fiberglass wraps to go over that look, you, you can't tell it's not wood. So if you want the real wood look, or you're trying to eliminate the constant maintenance you maintenance, have maintenance. on your exposed, he makes a fiberglass sleeve that covers it. So, you, you know, now you don't have to worry about staining it, painting it. And it is, uh, yeah, Vega Tales. And he's out of Tucson, but he does work statewide. Um, saw design. I don't remember his middle initial, but it's Stephen A. Williams design and fiberglass Vegas. So if you've got any kind of exterior wood, that's, that's our best recommendation. Have it wrapped with a fiberglass uh, you know, a wood replica and eliminate the maintenance. We, mo- most of our exterior doors that we're putting in for our remodeling projects, we try and get people to go to the wood fiberglass product because it... it for the average person walking up to the door, they would not know it's not wood. Uh, the grain pattern is embossed in the material. It's virtually maintenance-free. It's the right way to go. We just installed a couple doors like that for a, a client up in Carefree just this past week. And, and one thing I'd like to say, um, as it relates to remodeling right now, a lot of people are saying, well, I'm not sure I want strangers in my house. Um Folks, if you've got a project like this that's outside that needs to be done, you can get the estimates by photographs and emails, uh, and the work can all be done outside. And I'm going to tell you that there's going to be a lot of companies, depending on how long this goes, that are going to be looking for work at discounted prices to keep their people. So... If you've got some posts outside that need replacing, take pictures of it. Estimators and production team never even needs to come in your house. And in this example where the guys got the damage occurred from a woodpecker, this would prevent the woodpecker (laughs) from from pecking on it for a couple of reasons. Um, One, including he's not going to be looking for insects because – with it being a closed system, whereas wood is porous and open, you're not going to have the insects. And because it's protected from the UV ray sun, it's going to extend the life of that wood beam. So it's a one of those things that we often see and we think, gosh, why didn't I think of that? It's a beautiful morning. That sounds good, Gary. Really nice. That's a good song. Rainbows and happy faces and beautiful days. That's what we bring you at Rosie on the House every single Saturday morning, answering your questions about home remodeling and home improvement. I'm going to mention it just real quick because I mentioned it last week. I'm going to mention it again. Folks, there are many of you that bought after 2009 that are sitting on mountains of equity in your home. Interest rates 
are at an all-time historic low. Please do yourself the favor of calling Galaxy Lending and seeing what a new refinance would do. And I'm not telling you to stretch the mortgage back out to another 30 years. At this interest rate being so low, if anything, move the maturity date fall backwards and get it paid off quicker. You'll thank me for that. This is a perfect opportunity to do that. Don't miss the opportunity. All right. I had to take a lot of questions this week. People were scared to death. Uh, I was pinged on my phone several times. I was called at the office. They hit me on the internet. Rosie, if we have to self-quarantine in our home and the weather turns hot and we all have to turn our air conditioning on, how do we know there's going to be enough electricity to get us through the event? So real quick, when you were talking about home equity and everything. Yeah. So in Tuesday's meeting, uh, my, my monthly business group, they talked about how Ford survived 28 crash as they pulled their entire line of credit out. So they had the cash to make it through. And just yesterday in the Wall Street Journal, Ford's tapping its line of credit. So that's how they affordably survived without having to get bailed out, whereas no tarp money someone for else got bailed out. So <laughs> it, it, it prompted the question like, oh, is that something with our home equity that we should, well, interest rates are low, just as a cash reserve, because you could always just pay it back if you didn't want to sit on it That's right. for that time. So It's like it, Ecclesiastes says, there's a time for sowing and a time for reaping. <laughs> You know that song, right, Gary? Oh, the birds, <laughs> yeah. Turn, turn, turn. So just pulling out the line of credit and paying a small interest on it, it, it may be a, a financial strategy that works for just depending on, you know, your individual situation. And we we sat on the topic of bidets for a long time in the last hour. <laughs> I like how you sat on that. Um, and you may be worried with everyone staying home and turning on their air conditioner, will there be enough power to get your bidet seat to the temperature that you like? <laughs> Listen, folks. For, for all of you that are staying home means that there's not an office needing the same amount of power and air conditioning. There is no reason to rise your anxiety level up over the fact that we're not going to have enough electricity to make it through this. We are well prepared to handle this with APS, SRP, Unisource, TEP, that find something else to worry about. Or don't worry at all and use your creative energy to engage in some helpful task that'll bring us all through this. Because we're going to get through this. My electric bill last month was $125. We were dancing in the house. You know, summertime, it can be over 500 with uh, all the everything. So, you know, it, it the time of season, you know, pow. Palo Verde right now, they've got three generation domes and it's, they only operate two in the summertime because they all, they always take one down for its maintenance. Every 18 months, the dome gets rebuilt and, and re, re-energized and recharged. It's running in idle right now. Yeah. So <laughs> they, when they don't even have their foot on the gas yet, <laughs> when summer comes and all three domes are operating at peak, you know, I'm not putting this out as a challenge to anyone but i don't we couldn't consume enough 
to tap it out with in conjunction with all the other power generation sites we have. There you go. So if y'all are contemplating a remodel, we can handle that for y'all. Everyone's taking the extra necessary precautions. Uh, if you'd like to mine the equity in your home and get something done inside or outside, we're handling that. We've got uh, plenty of projects we're wrapping up right now, and all of our Rosie certified partners are kind of being brought up to protocol. Uh, we've got a big change in schedules going on right now. I have a public service announcement I'd like to add. Okay. We heard from the Drowning Prevention Coalition of Arizona, kind of a sobering topic, and and it's kind of early, you would think, to talk about pools and stuff, but um, they Melissa just reached out to say, hey, you know what, when schedules change like this, when lifestyles change so much suddenly, that's when we see an increase of drowning. So just be careful if you're working at home and the kids are all home, you know, and you're not used to their their biggest um, advice is to establish a schedule quickly. And that will help you to keep track of everybody. Awesome. Everybody's spending more time at home. Let's mm-hmm. let's take that Be extra. Careful with those little kiddos. Let's take that extra level of. Precaution. And how about this positive? How about the rain we've gotten? Yeah, baby. Man, the reservoirs are higher than they were last year by yeah. a lot. I just wish the fish would bite. <laughs> but otherwise, we'll take the water. The lakes are too there's, big now. Yeah, there's, there's so much more room for them to swim. Yeah, I know. Ninety-four percent. The uh, 94 capacity. And in a recent survey on what homeowners want and need, 58% needed a home maintenance schedule, 64% needed a home inventory, 78% needed documents for resale, and 83% needed remodeling tracking. Well, that's what the Rosie on the House HomeZada app does, all of those and even more. And the hardest thing about the app is getting it set up because there's so many details about our home. Well, while everyone's home, and you can have your kids help because multiple devices can be logged into your home profile at one time, you can get this all done together so much faster. Perfect time to do and, it. And outlining the maintenance schedule for your home is so helpful and useful. It, it brings us that next level of living in our home. If we had to sell it today, could you do it? You know, this helps you live that way. And... If you didn't ever need to sell it, you get more out of it because it's a well-maintained home, which sells better than one that's not. It's a something we really enjoy. You can get started by going to rosieonthehouse.com, click login, and get started with your home Zada profile and your home maintenance. We'll see you all next Saturday between now and next week, rosieonthehouse.com.